0: Um, I, I uh, start recording. Start recording. i I say so Let's talk about. Ooh, do I want to bring that up? It's nothing bad. Do I want to bring that up? Oh, oh, guess what? Guess hey, what? hey, hey, hey! Let's weekend. sit down. Let's sit down. Let's sit down before he gets active. It's about to get active. It's about to get active. To get active.
1: Welcome to the Creative for Greatness podcast, hosted by the Strive Initiative and the Pottstown School District conversations from students about vision, dreams, aspirations, and thought-provoking ideas.
2: So this is Henry's uh, topic. This is the first topic-based episode. Um, in, in these topic-based episodes, we all do a little bit of research, if we remember, um, <laughs> and we all uh, convene, uh, f- tell what we find, and
3: uh, start talking. Henry, take it away. All right. So my topic, uh, it was really focused on creative writing and like, uh, fictional, fictional stories and novels. Cause, uh, throughout my life, uh, really just creating my own stories have been like my main passion ever since I was five years old. Like when I was five years old, I watched the newest karate kid that came out in the two thousands. And, uh, I was inspired to create like a Karate Kid uh, avatar mixture, and I would just play it out in in the hallway, like just it, it'd just be I'd be in my own different world, and it was just it was just pure bliss. I Can don't know how to speak expect- on that. Real
0: yeah, quick? you could speak on um, that. um It was honestly okay. So Henry, growing up, uh, for those who don't know, we're twins. Uh, growing up with Henry has been so cool to see because he went from playing like imaginary games in the hallway and like he would really like get into it like he'd make his own stories he'd kind of like mumble under his breath when like speaking for different characters and stuff Mm -hmm. and there'd be crazy fight scenes he'd be like tumbling all over (laughs) the hallway um and he went from that to uh actually writing these stories. yeah. And even when we were in, like, second, third grade, you'd, like, make these little comic book things. Whenever you would have, like, a notebook or something, uh, you were always very imaginative and into, like, creating your own own world, right? Yeah. You,
1: yeah, and you write your own stories now, too, mm-hmm. right?
3: Yeah, I wrote over a 150-plus page fictional novel so far. It's probably not that good, but I just, like, spewed in, like, just... Just like a, a world that I, I just, I can't just think of all the time. I That's just had amazing. to. I, I just had to do that. But anyway, speaking of other worlds, let's talk about maybe some of the major ones that we know of, like, uh, like Star Wars, uh, Lord of the Rings, by Harry
0: Potter, Harry
3: Potter, and but I especially want to look on the Lord of the Rings by Tolkien because this was a man who. This was a man who was a World War One veteran, who uh, basically has been through the worst, the worst of anything possible. Like Adam, you, you know about World War One. Oh yeah, and like, like you know how bad that's been. Like it's that was it's terrible. arguably it's <laughs> ar- arguably worse than World War Two. Oh no, uh, it was definitely worse than World War Two. Was it?
2: Yeah, the ca- I think the casual the American casualties, I think world casualties was higher than World War Two, really? and the what they were doing to you know. Kill the enemy Doug, right? was so much worse, in my opinion, and I think objectively than the things that was were happening in in World World War Two, like mustard gas, things like that. Just all these chlorine gases and things, and uh, shell shock came is uh, shell shock was the idea of it was created after World War One yeah. because of these air burst mortars and mm-hmm. the PTSD that these. Uh, people in the trenches would get after you know thinking that they're going to
3: die from them and hearing them go off 24/7. Yeah. And so imagine like going through that. Like I, like how would you cope with something like that?
2: <laughs> That's a very loaded question. How does anyone cope exactly. with something Exactly. But like but that?
3: the thing is with Tolkien, what I think he coped with, I think how he coped with like the PTSD of war what would be writing. Like Yeah. Like I think he came to the conclusion that the world we live in now is like so messed up that he has to create his own world. He has to create his right. own world where it's like the hero, where it's like the good guys always win, and there isn't right. any like evil always lasts. If, if he
2: could take himself out of the uh, the real world temporarily and put himself into a different one, yeah, that's where he would be putting himself, and that's where he would uh, he would feel the most comfortable. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's almost as if. Creating right, creative writing is not only uh, an outlet like how it was for you, Henry, mm-hmm. with uh, putting your creative thoughts into words. It was for Tolkien. It was more like therapy. Yeah, you know, just getting a, a way to to build a world that he never had. You yeah. know, being a war war one veteran like Adam talked about, he had to see and go through things that we could possibly never imagine. Yeah, and. With writing it and putting it into a story that represents a, a world that he couldn't have, almost like a, it's almost like a utopia for him. Yeah, you know, it, it's thera- It's therapeutic. You no, know, uh,
4: it, through my research, i I was looking into uh, post traumatic growth, right? Mm-hmm. The idea that after a traumatic event, you know, you see a lot of growth in other fields of your life. And one of the most prevalent, um, like one of the groups that that affected most, were writers, because oftentimes, you know we we've all we've all heard that journaling, your your thoughts and feelings can help to um, help to cope with that. Right. So writers oftentimes are able to use those um, traumatic events. To inspire creativity or fuel their um passion and it's clearly that was um one of that that's clearly a a huge component to creating Lord of the rings, yeah
0: and I also think that that's because um, trauma and any sort of like traumatic or horrific event that one may go through uh it's so like that uh, gives that person perspective. Mm-hmm. And perspective is everything when it comes to writing. Um, so, yeah, I think it kind of like it goes both ways.
3: Yeah, and writing really like gives a format to send like a bro- really broad message, like especially with like the r- the readings we've been doing in Benny's class. Like, well, don't get me wrong, uh, Tolkien's writing word Awesome, like, but they're mostly meant for. I don't. I don't.
0: It's more commercial rather than literary.
3: Yeah, but literary is like set up a big, broad story with full of drama and all that, like loss and just so emotional. But no matter what, there's always a message at the end, and sometimes certain messages you can't, you can't like, you can't deliver without. Without setting it up in a certain way, like without giving real life experiences or or I don't know how else to to put it. So
2: what I kind of gathered from that was um, you need the real world experience and real world trauma to portray the message that you're trying to portray in a literary uh, device.
3: Well, I'm not saying that, but it's. But sometimes it's like certain certain people's real lives can't represent the like really like important like the really like broad message that a fictional story could represent. Oh, okay. Like yeah. it like gets set up so that there's a message that could be sent to like a, a broad text of people.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I see a lot in you know, maybe movies, books, uh, TV shows that as fictional as whatever you're watching or reading Mm -hmm. is, it still has a a piece of it that relates to the real world. And that's through the author. So I I get what you mean with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, literature is supposed to, at
4: almost by definition, reflect real life. Absolutely. You know, so any sort of um, story, any sort of um, piece of writing, is usually going to have something that reflects either the author's life or the the life of people in general, right? Yeah. Um, which is why you see literature is almost as old as humanity itself. right? You know, as long as we've survived, as long as we've been able to speak language, we've been
1: telling stories. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting that throughout history, literature almost shares like this, the same format of, you know, structural sort of storytelling, you know, like you go back to, this is what I researched back in back in the, the ancient Dora, ancient quotation mark, ancient times with like, uh, (laughs) like the Roman empire and, uh, even the Renaissance period, Mm -hmm. like how those storytellers, they, they share this sort of format that can even be applicable to modern day Mm. times. So,
3: And, and I think a lot of modern day writers were inspired from those ancient. Yes. Like, uh, 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 Let's go into the hero's journey Which is like the classic Which is like Which is like the classic uh, Format that you're talking about Uh, Absolutely So here this is what I researched The, The monomyth The monomyth is the common template Of stories that involves a hero Who goes on an adventure Is victorious in a decisive crisis And comes home changed or transformed So It's like classic fictional Mm -hmm. standard which i definitely follow with some of my stories but let's say how would you like how would you guys put emotion into such a story
1: well i i interpret your question as like a a way of putting human in it a way of making it relatable like emotion to me is something that we all share Or at least most of us, so it it makes it more relatable. It's almost as if the the hero's journey or the model myth. It's it's like a a a way to put life into perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have, or at least most of us, at a young age or whatever point in life, we find a purpose and we find something that you know we want to dedicate our lives to. Yeah, and yeah, we might not get some supernatural aid, but we'll definitely find along the way that we get help and we face challenges and we eventually overcome it.
4: And you know that's really the ultimate um the ultimate story. Like in every story there there's that template of having some sort of problem and overcoming it. You know to to outline the the hero's journey there's first the call to adventure you know why is it happening like why does this uh hero have to leave his normal everyday life supernatural aid this is where say whatever hero gains th- their powers um you know whatever is going to help them throughout the 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 thing all right the the threshold this is the beginning of this is that no that point of no return right now every after you've passed this threshold, you cannot um, go, go back. back to how it was.
1: Yeah. You're already deep within this call to adventure, this purpose, yeah, this, yes. this existential sort of idea. You're in this now. It's still turning back. Of, think right. of it
2: like uh, like Neo taking the pill in The Matrix. Exactly. He can't go back to how it was.
0: Yeah, And I also like to think um, of the supernatural aid as kind of like what makes this story different. From all the rest,
1: Mm. Um,
0: because that's really the thing that differs. Like, the fact that it's supernatural is just saying that it's just simply out of the ordinary. Like, this is what makes this story special.
4: Exactly. Then after the threshold is uh, the challenges and temptations. Um, You know, they've come against this, this brick wall that they can't overcome yet. Which is then when they need to employ the help of a mentor or yeah. someone to help them along, and then the the abyss they they've taken their greatest failure yet. Yeah. You know, but like they they learned from their mentor, but they still can't seem to get to that point. And then that after that, that's the transformation. Usually, the climax. I'm um, out a different person from the from the failure.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, think about like throughout history, we face times where we fail to to reach that 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 goal. But the biggest part of the story is the fact that it's never over. You know, right, exactly. It, 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 it's a loop. It, it's not a, a structure where this is the beginning, this is the end. It's more or less like a, uh, a like a loop, like a like a track field. Yeah.
0: And I also think that that's kind of that's the point where they have to decide whether they will crack under pressure mm-hmm. or, and whether, whether they just like sit there and waste away or if they actually like become motivated and destroy this problem, whatever it is.
4: Exactly. And then after that transformation becomes the atonement, the, you know, I've made up making up for my mistakes. Um, I've vanquished the bad guy. I, I'm doing, you know, whatever I, I need to to resolve this problem. And then the return, you know, you you go back to where your, it all started, where it all started re- as a whole different person. You have been changed by this journey that you went through and you're better off for it. But this uh, begs the question,
3: do does heroes or can a hero's journey end up like not as a ideal ending. Yes. Could it start bad and get worse? Um that would but still get the message. I feel like
2: in that case you kind of you can't really really look at the hero's journey and more so look at um uh dramas and comedies. So Does it
0: uh sorry. Um, no, go ahead. Uh if it ends poorly. Um Does that, is it still a hero's story? Uh, Because I feel like that whole, those last three, like the transformation, atonement, return, those are all what makes it like a hero's story. It's because this hero defeated that thing, whatever they were, whatever they were, uh, whatever was their adversary.
2: I think it can definitely end bad for the hero, but as long as the adversary is also ending bad uh it would still be a hero's journey cuz if you look at beowulf for instance um he dies killing the dragon he doesn't actually kill the dragon his friend does but um he he dies in the process of killing the dragon but it is still you know it still follows the same uh setup uh same idea it is a heroic myth and uh i th- i think it just depends
4: on the um adversary being taken yeah i i definitely agree with both of those points um i think those last three um p- those last three parts of the hero's journey the transformation atonement and return all three of those are what define it as the hero's journey right um because you know there in many stories you can have um it, All the way up to there, except for the transformation and ending in the abyss or the death or, or you know, whatever um, the the worst case scenario is. But then they are not the hero; they're just one of many. Take, say, 1984 by George Orwell, um, Winston. And for those who are unfamiliar, spoiler alert: Winston. Winston lives in a uh, tyrannical government. All right, and in the end, like he's trying to fight against them, and in the end, he ends up just being brainwashed like the rest. Sorry for the spoilers. Spoiler! Watch (laughs) out. Sorry, Adam. But I wasn't gonna read it. This whole time, we're sitting here thinking that Winston is is different. He's intelligent. He's He's forward-thinking, and he wants to be a hero. He wants to be rebellious. But at the end, he ends up just like everyone else. And that's where the whole point of the novel is that he's not a hero. There are no heroes against a tyrannical government that cannot be overpowered in some way. So a lot of times, I think, you can have what separates the hero's journey from anything else is those last three points. Yeah,
1: I feel like I agree with that. I feel like what, what also defines a hero's journey is that we see a lot of the times the heroes uh, symbolize or stand for some sort of uh, some sort of moral idea, like some sort of abstract idea that it could be truth, it could be uh, hope, it mm-hmm. can be, uh, freedom, like heroes oftentimes uh, stand for or symbolize those sort of ideas. And to me, if a hero stands for those ideas, as long as that idea prevails in the end, that's a win. You know, even yeah. if the hero dies, even if they, yeah. you know, something like that happens.
2: I would, I'd like to counter that idea. Okay. With Whoa. one bit of my research, uh, the oldest form or oldest known um, remaining story or creative writing to an extent, Um, the Epic of Gilgamesh. (laughs) Gilgamesh was a... First of all, when did the story come out? um, It was way on. It was during Mesopotamia, I believe. Roughly
4: 4,000 years ago. So there was no news press to release the article. (laughs) (laughs) No, No,
2: No, this was all on stone tablets... Uh, word of mouth Word of mouth before that But stone tablets when it was found That's how we know about it So Gilgamesh was a Tyrannical leader if you will He was a demigod He kind of took control of this uh, This area and was you know Killing pillaging all of the above um, So he, So he, off the bat He is a A non-hero if you will Off the bat However, this story follows the hero's journey setup with him with the call to adventure. Let's start with that. I know Devin also
4: researched this. Devin, take it ahead. Lucky indeed, indeed. Um, so Gilgamesh obviously was an oppressive force. For I, sure. I mean he he completely uh, was the ho- horrible <laughs> to his um, population, but eventually this guy the gods were like yo gilgamesh needs to you know get out of here so they create this um guy enkidu i think enkidu enkidu all right that that dude was a little weird he he was fellow man of the forest absolute <laughs> wild man um who was who became civilized through uh, sexual relations with with someone, um, but they come up against. He comes up to eventually try to um, take on Gilgamesh in this test of strength, and Gilgamesh kind of kind of dog walks him. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow.
4: And after that, they're kind of like. Hey, we we can be we can be friends. We're mutually very powerful men. Yes. Let's let's start doing some things, <laughs> some productive things. Exactly. So then, uh, their next task. Uh, they said, "Okay, we're gonna come together, and we're going to slay this guardian from the uh, from the cedar for travel to the cedar forest." And slay this guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget exactly why. Uh, they wanted it for reputation. Right. They wanted to do it for reputation. So, you know, they they go out and they're like, all right, we're going to travel out here. And Adam, I think you can take on from here. Yeah, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit.
2: Um, so they go out, kill this guy, you know, easy cakewalk. Um, no problem. And then they start, uh, you know uh chopping down the spruce trees and uh using them for uh for just some things just some things and then i'm going to skip ahead a little bit uh and Enkidu dies <laughs> Enkidu croaks
4: and and Gilgamesh is like dang i want i want him back <laughs> and one of the oddest things about how Enkidu dies is that uh basically the gods were... Ki- one, the gods were kind of mad. Yeah. Because, like, yo, we made you to kill Gilgamesh. Yeah, Enkidu was to keep him in check, and then they just started buddying up. But <laughs> then, um, you know, the the gods were mad that... um, in, I think the gods were mad that Enkidu re- rejected um, one of the gods' advances, and then... Uh, I don't recall this. I think you're just making things up.
1: You, uh, <laughs> <You're no. just laughs>
2: I have it you're here in my stone. notes. You have it in your notes, but I think
4: you just dreamed of it as you were reading. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe I just dreamed of it.
3: <laughs> or maybe Adam <laughs> well, the you way missed, way
4: missed a stone inscription. I could have I could have I could have missed, missed a stone a block. because they created the uh the bull um the the heavens bull because bull. that's what Enkidu was killed by. The gods created this massive bull. Mm. that they had to end up fighting. Gotcha. And it killed Enkidu. Mm. I remember when they were... Uh,
2: anyway, I'm not even... I'm not hey,
1: even wait, so <laughs> could you reiterate the atonement part of the journey? We're getting there. We, we haven't got there yet. There. Okay, because I, I, I'm missing that. We'll That's make it quick, crucial. I promise.
2: We'll make it quick.
4: Uh, take it ahead. Take it ahead. Um, But yeah, after en- Enkidu dies... Uh, Gilgamesh basically is like, now I want to go on a journey to find eternal life. Um, one one man, uh, you you napishtim, <laughs> Well, I don't know how to say. His. Sorry if I'm. I was butchering. I it. was reading it really well yesterday. Utnapishtim. team. You Thank you. You Um. God for Zach, he he was this immortal man who was around during the great flood, kind of reminiscent of Noah's Ark. Yeah. Um, and he said, and I think this was a very interesting quote. He said, life, which you look for, you will never find. For when the gods created man, they let death be his share and life withheld in their own hands. I think, I Okay. <laughs> I I I kind of
2: I kind of resonated with something that something else that he said. I don't know if that was the same thing. I wasn't really listening. Being completely honest with you, um, he said, "Fighting the common fate of man kills the joys of life." So what he's saying is, trying to find the 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 cure to death kills the idea of life itself, True. kills the joys of it. And I think that's really
4: profound in the sense that. Maybe you don't have to live forever. Just enjoy it when yeah. you're here. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is, you know, one, a huge um, – like, for that to be the oldest known story um, of humanity, basically saying to cherish life, um, That that's massive. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It, it's massive. And it's something that we can all t- take – take – Take parts of yeah, well,
2: you know it, it can it can it can hit everybody in the right way yeah.
1: So um, it's, it's almost as if you're saying the hero, it, this this hero doesn't have to, to to stand for these ideas or these 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 moral truths. The hero just has to show a journey that can teach us these right. sort of these these morals or right. truths.
2: And I think it's very profound in a sense that you know everybody is scared to die. Yeah. You know everybody is has an in, an inherent fear of you know not living anymore.
3: Yeah. But it's like don't think of death. Think yeah. Of just life. think
2: about the life that you're living. Yeah. And you know, in time it'll come. But live your life in a, in a way that you won't fear death at the end. You know, one, once it. your time comes, you you'll uh, you'll be happy that you lived. Yeah. Um, what did you just read? You just read, uh, the, uh, the, I
4: guess it would be the, the flood. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So after the flood, he goes and, uh, goes to heaven. He finds a cave, travels the cave. It's like two miles long or whatever. And, um, he reaches heaven. They're like, uh, you don't have the criteria to, to live forever. You got to go back. So he goes back and, um, Kind of bummed out. And it's this is kind of where it diverges a little bit. In in one of the tablets, one of the um one of the ones they found um, Gilgamesh's friend, what's his name? Oh my, in yeah, comes back alive. And in another tablet stays dead. So it kinda of diverges at this point.
4: Yeah, plus the tablets like all in all are incomplete. Yeah. So it's hard it, it becomes a really hazy ending. Um, and to, to to correct the specifics of what I was saying earlier about Enkidu's death, um, basically this god Ishtar. Um, lame guy. Lame woman. Lame. Um, this goddess You're Ishtar basically wa- wanted, wanted Gilgamesh to herself. And then oh. Gilgamesh was like, Nah, not really trying to do that. Mm. And then she was like, all right, here's a bull. Fight it. (laughs) (laughs) Fight it. (laughs) And they actually did end up killing the bull. But then the gods were extra mad because you just killed the bull of heaven. And then they killed Enkidu. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Take
2: that. Take that Enkidu. But I. (sighs) But yeah. Come on. Come on, it's Gilgamesh. Come on. <laughs> I, I think I think there's so many things about this story that uh a lot of if 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 you were to go and read them, um a lot of people would kind of resonate with it and, and kinda you'd see that the, the differences between modern man and man four thousand years ago aren't really too different when it comes to mindset. Uh the ideas of, you know, death and rebirth are still being brought up today and are still and were Way more prevalent back then, because you gotta think you know the lifespan of a, of somebody wasn't as long back then, so death Twice was as happening. short yeah I think the lifespan back then was probably like twenty five thirty that was what you were expected to live by and you know so death was happening a lot more so these uh so these uh points and things that kind of were prevalent back then are, are were written and and spoken about a lot more this... but it's still it's still happens. Yeah.
1: This this kind of relates to, you know, us now. You know, at 17 18 we have to sort of decide how the rest of our life is supposed to look. And <clears throat> it makes us uh, heavy on sort of being future oriented, mm-hmm. being so oriented that we forget, you know, what we're experiencing now. It's almost mm-hmm. like we can't we we're not allowed to live in the moment. You know, we're we're so we have to focus so much on you know what we want the last 30 20 years of our life to look like that we have to just consider ourselves not in the moment right if you know what i mean yeah
2: so Most knowing definitely. knowing this and knowing the setup of the hero's journey and kind of giving it a giving it um, a reference that you can reference back to uh let's jump ahead in time. Let's go back Let's go back to Star Wars 1980s. Mm. Yes. Let's jump to Star Wars. Does, has everybody Has everybody seen Star Wars in this room? I've seen Star Wars. Mark. Oh my god. Mark, Mark. Mark. spoiler alert. If you're going to watch it, just know that there yeah. will most likely be spoilers in the next 10 minutes. Mark, have you really not seen Star Wars?
1: I've uh played with Lego Star Wars.
2: <laughs> I did. You know what? That's all you need. Anyway. Yeah, that is, that is all you need, right? Really. <laughs> so, Star Wars, you know, it follows the same setup, and so as does many.
3: Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Henry, I know you're a big Star Wars guy. Yeah, I kind of got, I, I kind of got really tired, like all of a sudden. So I, I don't know how like hazy it's going to be, but all you got is that. <laughs> let's start with. Episode four. Episode four. A new hope. So a kid named Luke, Luke Skywalker. Yes, Skywalker's Luke not that big. Not, not that big of a name. Uh, you know, all Just of a sudden protagonist. Oh man, I, I'm so terrible at like resetting stories. It's like I, I, I want to like shorten them, but then I can I can shorten it up a little bit. Yeah.
2: So, Luke Skywalker, protagonist of the Star Wars films, in. On a planet Tatooine, he. It's a very dry desert planet. Dry, arid. Um, Do you don't want to live there. I don't know. Lives on a lives on a moisture farm. They 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 g- gather water from the air and you know sell the water. Yeah. So it gets to a point where he Big finds money. these droids. These droids are connected to the galactic, not empire galactic wars. Galactic they wars. need now he they are on a journey themselves to get a message to. Um,
3: Princess Leia, or no, from Princess Leia
2: to Fr- from Princess Leia to Obi Wan Kenobi,
3: who is like a awesome, crazy sorcerer. Yes, sort of. he is.
2: He's kind of he's kind of viewed as a wizard on Tatooine. You know, a hermit. People should not go near him. Um. So he he brings Luke brings these droids to Ben. Kenobi at the time. So Obi-Wan Kenobi just in different form. Yeah. And um, he's like, "All right, Luke, your dad's Darth Vader. You need to <laughs> you, need, you need to figure it out from here and you're coming with me on this journey to across the galaxy." You said,
3: "Bro, what, what are you going to say?" You kind of mix up the story a little bit. Yeah, a little dad bit. Does, doesn't Well, see
2: other, he said yeah. he said your dad dies. Your dad died in the Galactic Wars Killed whatever. By Darth Vader. We're just getting there. I'm just paraphrasing. He's, he's Darth Vader. Yeah, his
3: dad's Darth Vader. His
2: dad's Darth Vader. A big Whatever. Uh, so, okay. So, Luke is now thrown, catapulted into this uh, galactic war against his own father, and he doesn't even realize it. Um, and he kind of sets himself up. He passes the threshold by, you know, kind of just agreeing to go with Obi-Wan yeah. to the Death Star no and, he wanted to go yeah right that's what i said <laughs> i'm sorry anyway um so he kind of goes he goes on this this journey with obi-wan um and in, on this first journey obi-wan is not killed uh but pretty much killed yeah he is killed off
3: we don't have to go into yeah, detail about that because that'll be just that'll know that be he too dies. Much. He dies.
2: Of. He is taken out of the story in some way. So
3: my mentor.
2: So through through this, now Luke has to kind of teach himself the the Force and kind of go through it, and uh, has to find a new mentor, pretty much.
3: Yeah, because uh, Obi
2: Wan left a void to be filled. Right. So Luke. Kind of fills this void with Yoda. Yoda.
3: That's not Yoda. That's, That's not Yoda. R two.
2: Um, so he kind of fills this void with Yoda, who kind of teaches him the teaches him how to how to use the force, how to how to not to fall on the on the dark side, which would be yeah. ooh
3: very Bad. tempting, very tempting. Yeah. I very, talk about Anakin. Look how quickly he fell to the dark yeah. side. Look at that guy. What a scent, Oh, yeah, I can't say that. <laughs>
2: So, so in this, in this with, uh, with, with Yoda, he kind of, he loses his past self in a sense that he is now fully fledged becoming a Jedi. Mm -hmm. He can never go back to just being that boy from Tatooine. Yeah, no. He's now in the Dagobah system learning with Yoda on how to, how to defeat evil. Are you kidding me? at Let's this go.
4: point that would be the the threshold you're past the point of no return and the part where he gets his his mentor in the uh hero's journey right
2: so with that with that um that you know death and rebirth comes the transformation of Luke into Luke Skywalker mm mm-hmm. mhm so the Jedi,
3: the master The Jedi. guy. And the all, guy. all of a sudden he has a green lightsaber and is in all black. Yeah. That's how I know he's serious. Oh, I wish we had time because I would definitely go into his outfits throughout
2: one, uh, oh, 4, 5, and 6. Um, so next, atonement. So in this, um, Luke Skywalker has to fight his own father. Yeah. He knows it's his father. He has to fight him. He has to fight him. So, so sad. He doesn't have to fight. him He doesn't choose to fight him, but he kind of turns turns himself into Darth Vader and, and is like, "Hey, I know you're my father. You should come to the light side. You should come be a Jedi." And Darth again. Vader's like, "It's too late for me, son. It's too late." Like, come on, man. Like, it's not too late. It's man. not. Too, it's never too late. And we find out that Luke Skywalker was correct. So um, um yes. Darth Vader's like nah we sh- we could rule the galaxy we could kill the emperor you should come to the dark side whatever back and forth. Um so and it gets to a point where Darth Vader brings him to the emperor. Darth Vader mm-hmm. brings good old Luke to the emperor and 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 he wants to take Luke on as a new Padawan, a new, new little guy to, to, to teach.
3: Yeah, because Darth Vader's a little machine.
2: Yeah, Darth Vader doesn't count as a
3: person anymore. To, it's but it's crazy how he like basically terrorizes the whole galaxy, and Emperor's like, oh, I'm gonna throw him away. Yeah, right.
2: So, so Luke's first thing, if he wants to, you know, train with the the Emperor, is to kill his father, kill Darth Vader. Obviously, he says no. And the Emperor starts um, zapping. He starts zapping. Yeah, the
3: Emperor has some crazy electricity powers.
2: Right. So Crazy awesome. So Darth Vader, seeing this, seeing his own kin being, you know, potentially dying in the next five minutes if, if he doesn't intervene, picks up the Emperor barehanded. And throws him into a pit. <laughs> just throws him into a hole. And get this: the pit blows up. The pit blows, blows up. up. So, so now we're sat, we're sat on the ground with with a dying Darth Vader and a Luke Skywalker, knowing that Darth Vader just passed his own threshold back to the light side, his back own atonement, if you will. Um, and it's like, let me put this mask back on you, dad. Let's, 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 let's just defeat this, this adversary that we, that we, ha- that you've created. And he's like, nah, nah, I'm
3: all right. Let me, just let me die. I'm gonna die. Yeah, I'm bro, just gonna cry. Honestly, bro. It's like, imagine being in that machine. Yeah, I would not. I would not. Want I to would, res- to
2: I respect his, uh, uh He was his like in opinion. all this pain and stuff.
3: And that's like fueling his dark side. Now he's on the light side. Cause he's that like, was like, the dang, only thing keeping him alive. Bro, he's like, dang, this, this. It's it's nice like, this hurts it's like th- this machine on me this thing hurts gas it hurts so really bad so to
2: to wrap this whole thing up um Luke then goes back to does he go back to tattoo Endor he goes back to Endor which is like which is like the earth basically well Force, no the the, foresty. the the Luke surrendered to Darth Vader at yeah. Endor. So after Darth Vader dies, yeah. essentially, um, Luke does Luke go back to Tatooine? Uh after he dies, remember. well he burns he burns No, no, no. no. They yet, stay on Endor. The, the the movie ends on on Endor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So and that's where it's goes. Luke goes back to his friends on Endor and is like, "Yeah, I just watched my dad die. This is very traumatic for me." Be My support system, and they all give, give a nice big group hug. Uh, and yeah. then Anakin Skywalker's Force Ghost comes out, Obi Wan's Force Ghost comes out, and Yoda's Force Ghost comes out. And they're like, Oh, I'm so glad to see you guys here. Oh yeah. my god, that's all
3: three of his mentors,
2: yeah. Right. And the people that create that, and if you look at it, they all mentored each other, yeah. It's mentors of mentors of mentors, mentorception, yeah. Or so, no. sort of a lie and that's where that's where it ends but you see that like it even even if it's like the epic of gilgamesh or you know star wars 19 what was it 86 84 or Gil, i mean uh or lord of the rings or lord of the rings they all follow this this one thing they don't have to but it's easy you know it's an easy thing to portray something through this uh through this system and it's an easy storytelling device That, you know, it's just it's just what's used, whether they know they're using it or not.
4: And that's at the heart of storytelling ever since it started.
2: Yeah, literally. Not even just not even just written word, you know, uh, uh,
3: verbal uh, storytelling. It's been like that. And and I guess, like, people can relate this uh, hero's journey just to life in general, like, to challenges. Like, of course, there's not, like, any crazy adventure that we always go on. There's, like, just, like, vacations and stuff. Right. But but you could sort of say in deep emotional states, like, depression or anxiety, like, it requires a suit not a supernatural aid, but, like, an aid from a friend. Or, like, the threshold could be, like, the low of the low, like, everything you're stressing over. Right. All uh, the challenges and temptations. Uh, yeah, uh, we are all... By, like, your we are,
4: friends. We're all in our own hero's journey. Yeah. You know, we, we all have the things that we need to we need to get over, the conflicts that we need to address and ultimately you know every conflict every every problem that we end up working through it leaves us transformed for better or worse but typically for the better is hopefully for the better yeah and it's hopefully like hopefully for the better hopefully for the better it's like
3: i heard this analogy like a little bit ago uh it's about like a bow and arrow and it's like it's sort of like we get pulled back to move forward like you know in a bow like like we're we're an arrow yeah and it's like how we go back a little bit, and it's like that going back and letting go like, yeah. pushes us even farther. That's nice. I like that. That's yeah, nice. but but I didn't come up with that on my own. It was this like bodybuilder on YouTube <laughs> <laughs> who did that. But it was it was Proper an awesome means. analogy. And bro, don't get me wrong. This like this guy is really cool. Like right, he's like, nice. got all the, like the crazy bodybuilders. Right. he's like he gives like cool
2: messages. But to bring this back down to a Pottstown level, um, you know, Pottstown isn't really looked at as the highest, you know, performing or best for uh, just around town. Like we, the crime rate, you know, a little high, but through that comes different Different solutions and and pro- problems and solutions that you can come through and go through your own hero's journey mm-hmm. to to fix and it really creates you. And I, I really I really like the fact that um, that we come from this town that may not be looked at as like the best in the pack or the best in the area, but we all have our own little things going on. Every town has their thing.
3: Yeah.
2: And I'm really I'm really. Proud to come from Pottstown because these unique situations really formed me as a person, and and I know formed a lot of people from mm-hmm. town. Definitely me. Oh yeah. yeah. So I, I'm really I'm really glad to say that I I have gone through a couple of these heroes journeys. I'm still going through one.
4: You know. Yeah. Every every situation you you can correlate. Life is a
2: hero's journey. Life is a journey. Yeah.
4: And if I were to you know say one thing to uh, any viewers, I'd say recognize where you are in that hero's journey yeah, yeah. right now, because being able to put your life into a uh, into perspective like that, or whatever issue you're going through, if you're able to put that into perspective, that just allows you to to know that you won. You you're the hero of your own life, and to you can there's always atonement or right. a, a return and rebirth at the end there's always some way of bringing it back full circle to being back where you started but better and also like seek like guidance from like from
3: loved ones and ask friends ask for help
4: ask for help please yeah true we're going to finish every episode off by telling ask you for to help. ask for help
2: but uh of course. Yeah. I I just just to finish it off. I I just I just want to say, you know, we're just bringing you one more thing to say. Proud, Proud to be from Boston. Trojan tough.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Creative for Greatness podcast. Check out our website at striveinitiative.org for more information. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Tell a friend, spread the word, and be great.
0: Clap it up! Clap it up!
1: We out.